And we're live. All right. Welcome back to the Dirty Bird Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcon Twitter. It is my first time getting that right since we've started this goddamn show. It's a fucking miracle. 2022 is about to be a shit show. So be prepared. I got something right two days before 2022. So it's going to be a bad year for everybody. So just be prepared. We have a special guest today back on this show aaron freeman the aaron freeman from locked on falcons he's graciously decided to join us don't know why because we ain't been doing shit this year and it's all my fault but he is here thank you so much for coming thank you for Jalen for having this happen again how have, have y'all been how is everyone's christmas before we get into this shit it went Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I hate the holidays. So, like, okay. it was how it is. <laughs> I am the, especially around Christmas time, I am the literal definition of the Grinch. I hate every single part of it. It's so bad for me. It's so annoying. But, you know, it was, it was how it was, I guess. Yeah. I understand. Mine was pretty good. Um, I just found out that someone close to me just tested positive for covid and i'm like oh here we go so other than that you know my christmas was good my new year's may not be so good but we'll see how it goes i have a question aaron about your new year's <laughs> what 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 wing flavor are we doing because um because that's i've been craving wings for like a month and i need to know well i i went to zaxby's today they got a new like buffalo garlic thing that was pretty decent but uh what did i have last week i had um some uh mango habanero wings last week so you know keep it spicy for the new year you know how it goes okay okay i'm not gonna do none of that i was just wondering but the mango habanero is good at least (laughs) true that so we are like three games behind. We're going to start with talking about the Panthers game. So that was a shit show. I, that's that's an understatement. I don't like <gasps> any I, I I just especially cuz of the fact that they won. I don't like like this is going to happen every single time that they play a team that's bad and then they somewhat somehow decide to win and everybody thinks, "Oh, my god." Falcons are so much better than this team, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't know about all that. Like, they got lucky that that the Panthers coach is probably going to be kicked out the door in like two weeks, and also the fact that they played three quarterbacks. So, like, I, I don't really have much to say about the game except the fact that they beat a team that they were somewhat better than, kinda, and Joe Brady wasn't at fault. Yeah, I mean, as far as my honestly, I, I I don't really remember the Panthers game. I got like a two week memory for the Falcons, and That's basically, fair. I have to process so much stuff that I just have to push stuff to the side. So, um, I remember they ran the ball well. They got pressure on the quarterback for once this year because they were throwing a lot of blitzes out there. Uh, they got some turnovers. That was good. Uh, 
That was the Michael Walker pick six game, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. As so Cam is his favorite quarterback and all that, all that jazz. Yeah. So like they, they, they did some good stuff in that game. They did some things that at least his coaching staff wants to do. You know, they want to run the football. They want to be opportunistic on defense. So they checked those boxes against Carolina. You just said that. And I just reminded me of the whole like Mike Smith thing or, and I don't know how I feel about that. The whole opportunistic on defense part. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Especially because that didn't really, it turned, it didn't turn out too well for his five year tenure. Yeah. Yeah. They they had it going that one year in 2012. That was that was about it. Literally, that was the only year that I could recall them being somewhat fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was because mostly it was Asante and uh, you know the offense was cooking. That yeah, was pick six Asante and John Abraham. That's the one year that Dirk Cutter. We were all fans of Dirk Cutter. The one time. That one time. What up, Damski? I love you. But yeah, that game was a shit show, and we got Cam benched. That was surprising. Yeah, they're going back to Darnold this week. Oh gosh, no, brother. I'm glad we don't got. I'm glad I don't ever. I'm not a Panther fan. I don't ever have to watch them unless they're playing the Falcons. Because like Mm -hmm. that team is going. I think the Falcons are being run poorly right now, but. Panthers are in a whole nother league. They're they're running the Super Bowl with that shit. Like it's bad. What they got going on over there is bad. Like bad. I'm not a fan. Can't do it. It's tough. It's tough. They got to get their quarterback situation settled. And I don't know if they are because they've completely screwed that so many times over the last two years. So we'll see how happens. They went from Cam to. Sam Darnold to Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen to Sam Darnold to Cam to Sam Darnold to PJ Walker to Sam you Darnold. Forgot, you forgot about Teddy. Teddy was in there. Oh my God, I forgot yeah. Teddy. That year was so like he beat them. He beat the Falcons twice. So I probably should have remembered that. But yeah, oh my God. I can't, I don't I don't know what the. I guess uh, people say like court like doubting quarterbacks is like really hard or whatever, but sometimes it's really easy to tell if the quarterback has it. And a lot of the times they just like don't have it. I I don't know what they're doing over there. I'm glad they're a division rival. I I, I can't be glad that they're a division rival because they suck, and I kind of need the Falcons to lose for the next like two years. But to each their own. Not the next two years. Speaking of losing. We lost to the 49ers, which infuriates my soul because you know it's fuck Kyle Shanahan over here on this side of the podcast. On that side of the podcast, it's not fuck Kyle Shanahan. So, you know, whatever. Just go ahead and talk about this because I don't want to talk about this game, Jalen. <laughs> everybody was always, everybody, every time the, the 49ers lose, they're like, oh, fuck Kyle Shanna shit or Kyle Shanahan is uh, the overrated coach. And I'm just like, yeah, all right. We'll see. <laughs> and going into that game, like nobody really, everybody expected them. Every, no, people were, I think I saw a bunch of people were like, I don't know, Kyle Shanahan is kind of overrated. He kind of sucks. We might actually be able to win this game and make the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, they're going to get blown the fuck out. 
<laughs> and everybody was like, oh, no, they're going to be real competitive in this game. I was like, nah. Like, Kyle Shanahan did exactly what he usually does. He schemed up all these random wide receivers that people don't really know about. Like, I know about them, obviously, for, like, draft stuff, but that people don't really know about. And they were dropping 80 yards on us on, on the Falcons' elite Dean Pease defense that everybody keeps <laughs> saying. And then, like, it, it if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo, they might have put up sixty. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. It was a tough watch. Uh, you know, for for those of us that don't actively root for the Falcons to lose, it was a tough watch. <laughs> you know, they they looked rough. They gave up a bunch of big plays. They ran the ball on us. The Falcons really didn't do much on offense. It was the you know. It, Kayla McGarry Island got completely <laughs> named Nick Bosa. You know, it was it was it was a tough day for for me personally in in the brand. So, yeah, man, it was tough. Yeah, you as a sole member, I, I have like you know, I have like a vacation home over there sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's awful. It's trash. It's a trash good. island, but it's not as trash <laughs> as other islands. That's all I say. Only thing you got on that island is a palm tree and a coconut that spawns every two weeks. <laughs> That's the only time he plays well. <laughs> that is all you have over there. You know, I got I got a, a getaway uh shack over there. You know, I bring my own wood because I can't really build anything with the tools that I have over there. Just like Caleb McGarry can block well with the tools that he has given. But Look, he's gonna make Atlanta great again. So bad Gary for sure. <laughs> Like that's the that's literally the only thing. Like if he gets, I I don't expect him to be here for too much longer. But if he does, that's the only thing that I will miss is saying Matt Gary. <laughs> like that's it. Dang like I, I was like I was one of those people like first year. I was like you know let him grow into it. He he playing a new whole thing. He's not really that good. And then he stayed the same. And I was just like yeah well you know give him some time. You know new coordinator. And then this is what his third year. And I'm just like yeah. Maybe maybe they have to move on from him. Yeah. It's like, is he getting worse? Like, or is that just how he's always been? And we're just now seeing it? Or is he just getting worse? I think he's just plateauing. I don't know if he's like, he was, he was, he's better than he was his rookie year, I would think, even if it's marginally. I think Aaron can watch him. I don't really be watching McGarry. Like, <laughs> I don't watch O-linemen when they're like in the game. Unless like somebody's making a mistake, uh, I don't really care too much. <laughs> like if they're in the league, like there's no, nothing else for me to watch until like it's time for contracts. But I think he's more plateauing than he's like he is like getting worse. But when his plateauing isn't like good, that's kind of a problem. If you go from bad to okay, and you don't go better than okay, then you're gonna be seen as bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's better than he was as a rookie. He's gotten better, but there's still these just awful, awful games and awful, like, even in his good games, like, he's always going to give up, like, one awful play where he's just going to get absolutely obliterated. And because no one watches the offensive line, as Jalen just pointed out, like, that's the only thing you see. So you're like, he's terrible. And, like, he's fine the rest of the – it's, it's kind of like Robert Alford – where Robert Alford would get that one horrible API, like, and you'd yeah. be like, 
this dude is trash. Like, what is he doing? That would give up a touchdown or whatever. And then, like, the rest of the game, he would lock down his side of the field. But, like, that one play is the one that sticks out in your mind. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't think Caleb McGarry's on Robert Alford's level as a player. Oh, but, no. like, like you know, like even in his allegedly bad games, he's not as bad as people think he is. Like, that Patriots game, like, he got whooped by Matt Junon on a couple of plays. But, like, outside of, like, two plays, he was fine in that game. But those two plays that he got whooped on were, like, horrible yeah people don't uh, and it's also just goes to like fans and even some analysts i know um damsky's in here he said he doesn't really understand o-line play it, it's it's hard <laughs> playing o-line is, is super hard it's hard because like one one thing can go wrong and it couldn't even be your fault and it'll end up looking like your fault but like it, it's hard but like he's getting paid millions of dollars and you should, should be able to clear up some of the things that are in his control like, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like playing a cornerback, right? Like your job is to get beat, right? Basically, and your job is essentially to not get beat as much as you should. Yes, you know, but it's like you're you're always fighting an uphill battle. Like you'll you'll never win that. You'll you know, even AJ Terrell gets beat from time to time. It's not often, but like it happens, and um, like when it happens, like that's all people see because like you don't you don't see the the one, you know, you see the one time where the guy screws up, you don't see the other, you know, 50 times where the guy does his job. So it sucks playing those jobs, but, you know, you do get paid a lot of money. So, you know, can't really complain. So a lot is so like hard to find in the draft, especially like now, like after like just getting out of like high school. So it's hard to find people who want to play O-line, like coming up because that shit is hard. You don't get no praise for that. You don't get any like flashy stats. You don't get anything. Only time everybody anybody ever says your name is if you're giving up a bad play. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's just hard. Still, Caleb, Caleb McGarry is very on the short list of people that I think should either be gone or moved in the very near future. He's he's not good, but I don't <laughs> think he's as terrible as other people on the offensive line. Yeah. Mm. He's yeah. less terrible than some yeah. other guys. Yeah, now I, I was watching. Um, I think you were on Damsky's and him show, like the Falcons or whatever, like that. When you were talking about how the Jalen Mayfield thing with Caleb McGarry, how you kind of have to be hard on both of them if you're going to be hard on one of them because they're basically in the same boat. And that yeah. goes also to what I was saying. I don't know if you were in here, but like I don't know, like four weeks ago or something like that. Where I was like, it's probably about the time where we stop trying to build like an offensive line or a position group for Matt Ryan, right? Would you, like, agree or disagree with that? Like, at this point, you've tried every year. He's definitely in the downswing of his career. You've tried every year to build something for him specifically, and it's just not working. Like, at, at this point, you shouldn't be trying to, like, make drastic decisions to appease Matt Ryan, in my opinion. I hear you. I don't really disagree with you. I would argue as i like to do that they probably <gasps> really haven't really built an offensive line for matt ryan because they completely ignore the interior offensive line and when That's they true. do not ignore the interior offensive line they make terrible decisions along the offensive line so you know i i get what you're saying but at the same time i'm like what would happen if they actually made good decisions with their interior offensive line by not drafting Jalen mayfield by not signing Jamon Brown and, and James Carpenter and, and all those guys and, and 
wasting money and draft picks on and guys that are aren't good and letting you know our boy Wes Schweitzer walk when they had no reason to do that and all that stuff. So um I don't know. It's you just reminded me of a dark time. I'm so mad. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like one of the I was one of the few people on Falcons Twitter that was constantly like Wes Schweitzer is actually good. Please just play him. And then he went to Washington and was damn near a pro bowler. I was oh Oh, don't remind me. But you, again, you're right. Oh, past. oh man. Ugh. That just infuriated me. <laughs> just hurt my feelings. Just bring oh, it up man. the past. All these people. Oh, oh gracious. I miss Poe. Don Terry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I miss him. He was better than people. People were saying good ass, and I was like, I don't know where that came from. But He's better than the people Wouldn't we Josh got one right of those now. That was like, yes, oh, sucks. Yes, like, you're paying him like three million dollars, even though he was on like a one year, like six million dollar contract because he was like hurt. He's like, you're paying him all this money. He can't even get you this, this, and this. I'm like, bro, he's playing very good football. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he was, he's the only reason we ever had a good red zone defense because basically he would clog the middle. And like every time now or before when the Falcons defense is in the red zone, they just pound the ball down our throat because they're the softest team up the middle. And it sucks. And then like the Falcons did the one smart thing with Poe that no one else did, which is basically tied his money to his weight. And they got the best version of him. And then the minute he left Atlanta and went to Carolina or wherever, he just got fat and, and, and sucked. And then he went to Dallas and was fat and sucked. And it was like, you know, and not to bring this up, but like I, I look at Jordan Davis and I'm like, you know, are we going to like put clauses in his contract that make sure he doesn't get fat or whatever the case may be? Because like, I mean, like he's really good at whatever he is, like 360 or whatever, whatever ridiculous yeah, size. They say he's at 340, but he's 100% like 355 to 370. Like, you know, so I'm <laughs> like, like if we can keep him under 340, I'm, I'm good with Jordan Davis. But like, if you're going to sign that or you're going to draft that dude and you're just going to be like, hey, man, you know, have all the lemon pepper wings you, you can get or whatever the case <laughs> may be. I'm like, that's ah, probably not going to work out in the long term. Other thing, like, this is gonna be me being the Georgia fan or whatever. But I, go ahead. Obviously, this is I. I have the same reservation everybody else does with Jordan Davis like, as a pass rusher, etc. But I don't think him like managing his weight or anything would be a problem. Like, at all. Okay. Okay. Just because like he's he's a really good kid, like really really good kid, and they've asked him to cut weight and like gain weight before, and he's done it like in three weeks. <laughs> so like I don't I don't think that'll be a problem. Okay. He'll do whatever people need. But, again, that doesn't change the fact of his other reservations. Like, obviously, he's probably going to go back half of the first round, which is fine. But that, that's the one Georgia standing that I'll do this 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 show. Okay. I'm sure I might be able to get more out of you. Look, as a fat man myself who has trouble maintaining his weight, you know, I, I, I probably come off hypocritical talking about other dudes being fat but like you know when you play in the nfl man like come on man you get paid million dollars like keep it under control like you know you got all these training programs or whatever the case may be so like when you got eddie Lacy's or, or whatever the case may be like what are you doing man like food himself. i'm gonna i'm gonna make fun of 
fat guys in the NFL because there's no reason for you to be they have no excuse Absolutely. overweight in the NFL. Thank Appreciate you. it, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus with the message. Speaking of the past, real quick, I'm gonna go off topic. Oh no. So Kyle Pitts, right? I'm trying to understand how little DeMarco, remember him? The go Patrick DeMarco? The fullback, little DeMarco. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how he could block, right? But six foot something 200 something pound number four overall tight end getting paid x amount of millions of dollars cannot block can one of y'all help me understand um is because kyle pitts is basically built like a toothpick he's a wide receiver (laughs) don't he lift weights yeah we're like He's a wide receiver. That's 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 gonna be my excuse at this point. They're gonna play him as a wide receiver because he because he, he can't do the tight end stuff like the tight end mean. stuff. But I mean, he could get there. He just needs to get. He needs to bulk up. He needs to eat some lemon pepper wings. He needs to. Be, <laughs> he needs that, he needs that magic every, you know, <laughs> Dropping like twenty five wings every wing Wednesday, and he'll be good. He'll be good. Okay, so wings. We need to start. A petition. We don't need to start no petition for no NFL player. They got it. <laughs> a petition for this man to bulk up because ain't no reason he should be getting paid all this money and can't block a fly. Like I said, I'm treating him as a wide receiver until then because that's what they're treating him as. Yeah. So like, I, exactly. That's why when people when, <laughs> when people were uh, mad at me over the whole cycle about uh, the whole tight end label things. I said he was a tight end and people were like, he's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver, H-back, fullback, wide receiver, uh, Z, X, A, B, C, D. I was like, okay, all right. He's going to play one position primarily for most of his career and they're just going to label him a tight end because that's where he was drafted at. But as, if you use, like, see his usage that he is right now, he is a wide receiver. Like, Pretty much. That's fine. It's it's completely fine. Like, just you just can't have tight end expectations for a wide receiver. Fair like it's, 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 it's good for contract negotiation and the whole record thing with the whole Mike Ditka thing because I'm pretty sure he'll break that, hopefully. But like they're using him at the tight at the wide receiver, he's playing at the wide receiver, he can't do the tight end stuff like a wide receiver can't. He can do the wide receiver stuff really well, Ooh, super well, but he's a wide receiver at this point, and that's fine, that's completely fine. Fine, okay, fine. <laughs> So, so basically, don't 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 think of him as a tight end. Think of him as a wide receiver, and you'll 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 have a better a better, a better grasp of it. Because okay. if you start talking about uh, the whole tight end thing, then uh, he'll never be Kelsey. Isn't Travis Kelsey isn't a good blocker? He's, he's serviceable, but they're all none of them are like George Kittle or some shit. So it is well, what it is. I guess. Okay, think of him as a wide receiver. I'm gonna have to ingrain that in my head. <laughs> 
So how did we win the Lions game? Because I swore in the fourth quarter that game was over. They had a plumber playing quarterback. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it. Pretty much it. That is the, that is the one answer you need because they got outplayed. The they, they got body. <laughs> it wasn't even close. I was. I turned the game on the first like couple like drives. I was like, oh, the Falcons are about to get their ass beat, and then. And then I went to I went to travel to my grandma's house for a little bit, and I was just watching people talk about the game. And I was like, "Oh, they're about to lose!" And then I said, "Oh, Fourier pick six. I said, "God fucking damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> they, um, if the Lions didn't have, as Jalen put it, a plumber at their quarterback position, they would have probably converted in the red zone because I think they went zero for four or something in this mm-hmm. game. And then uh, obviously they threw that pick at the end. Basically, Foyer picked it off at the one yard line. So they they literally were one yard away from winning the game. Um, so, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's the Falcons where it's like, you know, even against bad teams, they're gonna play down. So, I swore. You say they're playing down, or are they playing to their level? Because um, that's a good you, question. You want you want to get into that conversation? <laughs> yes. Because I, I, I'm just playing devil advocate here because I completely agreed with you because I was listening to the Lockdown Falcon podcast that you can find on all your streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music and all the such like that. The link is But, blue. you know, I was listening to that and I was like, yeah, I, I agree with what Aaron's saying. But we have some other people who are, who are a little bit against that. So we, we could get into that conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'll, I'll say the same thing as I said on Lockdown Falcons many, many times over the last month or two. Look, the the talent level on the Falcons defense is bad, right? They they just do not have enough talent on their D-line in the secondary to really be a high-level team, particularly and that will get exposed this weekend against Buffalo. Buffalo will basically just do whatever they want to do against them. And that's fine and you know, that's why I don't give DMP's too hard a job cuz uh, a harder time cuz he's he's doing the best he can with what he's got. Um, you know, we can certainly nitpick some things that he does from time to time. I, I have done that, but like, you know, for the most part, he's doing whatever he can to, to deal with that on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a world-class top five type of offense, but it should be like, I don't know, like the 20th best offense. What are they like? 30? They're like 27. <laughs> they're like, they're like 28. Like they're <laughs> one of the worst offenses offense. in the league. You can't convince me with Matt Ryan. With Cordero Patterson, who's basically, you know, one of the most productive receiving running backs we've had in the last five years, out producing what Alvin Kamara was doing in 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 New Orleans and in Christian McCaffrey in Carolina as a pass catcher. You got Kyle Pitts, who's having a historic rookie season. Russell Gage suddenly is looking like a, a halfway decent, you know, wide receiver. He's been very productive the last, you know, six weeks or whatever the case may be. You got Jake Matthews, one of the best pass protecting left tackles in the league chris lindstrom one of the best guards in the nfl and you look we know the other offensive linemen aren't good but like they're not like people act like they're like oh these guys are like high school guys like no like they could start on other teams in the nfl you know people act like oh all these playoff teams have like superstars on their offense like no they don't look at cincinnati's offensive line you know um i know one player on their entire kansas city's offensive line is not good you know, like I know they added some pieces this year, but like for years, you know, those offenses were cooking with bad offensive lines 
for many, many years. So like the offensive line, while it is holding back this offense, no doubt about it, um, it's not as if like it's impossible to have success with the talent level that they have. And so like when people sit here and like, oh, they don't have enough talent. I'm like, yeah, they don't have enough talent to beat San Francisco. I don't have enough talent to beat Buffalo, but they can at least make it competitive for like a half or something like that. You know, like getting blown out 43 to three against Dallas. Like no one's sitting here saying that they, they should have dropped a 50 burger on Dallas's defense, but you got to be able to get like 17 points, man. Like That's baseline competency in the NFL. You know, the, the, the Lions are getting close to 17 points with Tim Boyle. Like, I know nobody watching the show knows who Tim Boyle – never even heard of Tim Boyle until they watched the game on Sunday. Like, who the hell is – I didn't know about Tim Boyle. Until I didn't years. know who the fuck And I, I found out he was in the league for like three years, and I'm like, who is this dude that's the backup to Aaron Rodgers? Tim Boyle, who is this dude? Um, and he was trash. And, uh, like, so, like, I'm sitting here like, look, the Falcons offense ain't no top five unit, but – there ain't no reason for them to be a bottom five unit either. Like they have way more talent than that. And so that's why I push back so much to the talent narrative because, um, you know, I think Falcon fans overrate talent way too much when it comes to offense. They were doing it in 2017 after the infamous Kyle Shanahan debacle. And they were like, oh, well, Sark's going to come in because he's got just as much talent. And he's got the same playbook, so there's going to be no regression. And then the Falcons had historic regression that year. And that should have told you right then and there that talent doesn't mean jack. Or I'm not going to say it doesn't mean jack, but (laughs) it's not the most important part of offensive success. It's coaching. Now, then the problem you have with Falcon fans is that they think coaching is everything when it comes to defense. And it's the complete opposite. It's like all about talent. Like every year for the last four years, they've been like, oh, this new defensive coordinator is going to fix our defense. Marquand Manuel in 2018, he's going to have a top 10 defense. Nope. And then, oh, Dan Quinn, he knows his defense better than anybody. They're going to have a top 10 defense. Nope. And then it's like, oh, Raheem Morris, he fixed the defense. He's going to fix it. They're going to have a top 10 defense. And they're like, they were like 16th or 17th or whatever. And I was like, hey, Raheem did a, a heck of a job getting that unit with that talent level to 16. And then it's like, oh, Dean Pease, you know, he's been in the league for 40 years. He knows everything about defense. He's forgotten more about defense uh, than anything. And it's like, that's true, but it doesn't mean jack if you don't have the dudes that can play on the defensive side of the ball. So Falcon fans have had it back reversed for years and years. They think it's all about talent on offense and it's not as about coaching. And they think it's all about coaching on defense and it's not as really about talent. So just flip it on that. And if you do that, you'll be you'll be straight. Yeah, I, this is this is why I've always had like those reservations with Arthur Smith because I'm like, I know breathe and I don't know. I think Eric was in here when I had like the big rant about it. I was just like, they shouldn't be as bad as they are. You could say like the O line is awful too, but the O line in most places is awful. Like the sure you can do that, but if your wide receivers are small, they're in the league for a reason. They all specialize in doing something. So why are we not? Chiefs got small receivers. No one complains about their size for those guys, right? Yeah, because they because uh, Andy Reid is thirty six times better than Arthur Smith as a coordinator, which which is what I'm saying. And I'm just like, like if you're a good offensive coach, which is really what you need in order for offense to flourish. Like you could have obviously court is quarterback first, and then but if you have offensive coordinator, you can make something shake with a, a lot of players, like. 
there is no reason why they should be looking as bad as they do. Like, I was like, bro, if we can't find a way to get Russell Gage the ball, because I was listening to one of your shows, I was like, Russell Gage had like 200 yards at that point, like six weeks into the season. Obviously, he was hurt for a little bit of it, but I was just like, they're not using him at all, like how any other coach would. I was like, we all synonymously say Dirt Cutter is a pretty bad or average offensive coordinator. I could not stand watching him like coordinate football, especially after watching Shanahan. That's probably where I might like spoil that. But, like, stop it. I, I see you over there. Stop it. <laughs> but, like, they went from Russell Gage being, like, catching five or six balls a game, catching two, because they're all doing, like, dumb shit. They're not, like, giving him chances to be what he is. Like, they're trying to pigeonhole him, or they're trying to pigeonhole random, like, players. And, like, I understand you can say the talent or everything, but they have chances to get talent that – fits what they're trying to do if that's what they're going to do. They just haven't done it. I was They were consistently talking about, like, I've always been asking, they probably activated him, I think, last week, right, when he caught a pass. I was like, why isn't Marvin Hall playing? Oh, yeah. Like, at all. Well, why is he on the practice floor? Why is he not playing? Why is he doing nothing? When everybody's saying, oh, we should probably use a D threat. We should probably use something to open up the field. They did it one time, and that was, like, their biggest play all season. <laughs> like... Like, it, it, it's just like the, the situation. I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, Arthur Smith's gonna have to come and see me. I don't know. It's, it's, it's bad. Not come and see you. You gonna catch him in these streets? Look, if I catch him in the streets, I'm gonna be the last thing he sees. Sound like Miles Garrett. Ah, oh. me and Miles Garrett about the same size. We're both six five, around two eighty. God damn. Ooh. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> damn. Did, did we uh did we talk about uh Deion Jones yet? No. Not yet. We were we were, we were just not talking about offense. Okay. We were, okay. Well, on offense real quick. I know I don't know if you talked about Kyle Pitts any at all yet. That he can't block, yeah. That's the only thing we said about it. He wasn't really I guess he wasn't right here for that, but um, so in our group chat, uh, this is South Breeze. I was running late. The Omarion Marion is canceling flights and making people late that I have to pick up. But it is what it is. Um, so in the group chat, me and Jalen and Jeff, I'm trying to reframe how I view Kyle Pitts because I do not want to be continued to be framed as the Falcons hater, the Bears fan, the Justin Fields stand, all that good stuff. I'll do it. But, okay. Well, somebody's got to do it. But I'm trying to reframe my own inner narrative. I'm not trying to see our confirmation bias. Like, okay, cool. This is the pick we made. This is what we did. But in my head, as I look at past other players that have been productive players at tight end, <clears throat> I'm just trying to figure out where the value is drafting him at four when, of course, I know we have other issues. But moving forward, since we have him on this team, I don't like how many offenses truly run their offense through their tight end. Is there many, few? Chiefs, maybe. Raiders. Even then, the Raiders with okay. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Okay. That, okay. That's Oops. pretty much it. Everybody. I mean, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's hard yeah. to like think about. <laughs> I, I, Ravens, maybe. But I mean, even if they have you Lamar, you really say the Chiefs and the Raiders because exactly it's really, because it's really Kelsey and and Hill are a one-two punch, and now with the Raiders, it's you know it was Rugs before he 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 wound up being a knucklehead, uh, but now it's Hunter Renfro that's basically the one-two punch there. So okay, so doing my my little bit of uh, research on YouTube, 
when you bring up Darren Waller, like Darren Waller was like what a six round draft pick, correct? Something like that, yeah. Okay. And I asked Jalen, hey, who is the gold standard for tight end right now as of today, excluding Kyle Pitt? I was gonna say Travis Kelsey. He said Greg Kittle. I'm like, all right, cool. I started looking up stuff from Kittle. Kittle was what a fifth round pick, correct? Something like that, yeah. All right, cool. So the guy that's consistently putting up, you know, big numbers on tight end would be Travis Kelsey, right? Great quarterback, a lot of other weapons around him, which again, Kyle Pitts does not have at this time. Per Falcons Twitter, we don't have the talent level or whatever, but Travis Kittle was a I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey was a third, third yeah, round. Third. Third round. Okay. So moving forward, and me and Jane will go back and forth with this. Whenever things get right in Atlanta, whenever Arthur Smith gets his guys on the team, what do we have to get out of Kyle Pitts to justify him at number four? Now, I'm not a big numbers guy to an extent because numbers don't tell the whole story all the time. We obviously had the thing with Julio Jones in Atlanta where he would get a bunch of yards and not a bunch of touchdowns, which, you know, it is what it is. He was the offense, essentially. But what do we need to get from him moving forward to be that guy that everybody has already proclaimed to have a gold jacket on? Like, again, he's about to break the records for, you know, Mike Dicka. He's broken Jeremy Shockey's record. He's going to be uh, his, the most historic tight end in NFL history for this team. But like Aaron Stutton, his podcast, Locked on Falcons, the consistency is not there, right? Which is understandable as a young tight end, having learned multiple positions. He plays tight end, he plays a slide, he plays out wide. That's understandable. He's still about to amass a thousand yards. My thing that I, I my big point with this whole thing is that Falcon Twitter kind of overlooks is for me personally, kind of like Julio Jones, I'd rather have impact over numbers, right? Because like anybody can compile stats. I'm not saying that's what Kyle Pitts is doing, but outside of last week, in my head, essentially, he made the Pro Bowl off of two games, off of two teams that essentially will be picking in the top five at that time. Right, that the Dolphins assessment. That is a fair assessment. Yeah, like 176 so, one game, and then like 160 the next one. And then against a lower, a lesser talented team. Again, the team is going to have the first pick in the NFL draft. The Jaguars. He's essentially a ghost. Which again, he can't throw himself the ball. He can't keep himself open. But for the number four guy, like I feel like there's something you have to do. Like he's six six. You have to find a way to get him the ball. In some way, shape, form, or fashion, you shouldn't be in a game and become a ghost. I know it happens, but in my head, it shouldn't. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Guide me to the light. Show me the way. I'm trying to. That's out. exactly why I asked That's that funny. question that people went up in a tizzy about. I was like, it was pretty. It was literally basically about that same question about Kyle Pitts. I was like, one of three things is happening right yes. here: either Arthur Smith sucks, Matt Ryan is washed, or Kyle Pitts is a bust. I didn't say which one of those I believed in because at the time I was like, I just want to see where people's heads are at. Obviously, everybody was just like, oh, fire upon Jalen. Then I got blocked and and reported and shit for that. And I was just like, cool. (laughs) But like, I I asked that question for a reason. Like, I think he's done. He's had a phenomenal rookie year. He's done very well. Only other, again, only other person like wide receiver wise I would think who's been better than him is Jamar Chase. He's getting wide receiver one snaps and actual targets. But, like, 
most people in the draft were consistently saying Kyle Pitts is, I wouldn't say leagues better than Jamar Chase. They had questions about Jamar Chase. They were all, everybody was like, yeah, this guy is just simply better than Jamar Chase, which is cool. Like, good. They, if that's where you believe, then you drafted the better person. But he's not putting up the numbers that Jamar Chase is either. So one of those things is happening, and I don't know which one it is. Like, is Matt Ryan not looking his way to give him the ball? Is Arthur Smith not giving him enough chances to get the ball? Or, like, is he just not playing well enough? Obviously, my answer is obviously Arthur Smith is terrible. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's it's – it's not number three. It's not Kyle Pitts is a bust. Yeah. Right? Like we can, we can, that was literally that was the one option some, in there that I was just like, that's not it. We can nitpick some Kyle Pitts stuff. You know, we could talk about his blocking. We can talk a, maybe a little bit about kind of being a little lazy on some routes and whatnot, you know, where he kind of just kind of is out there jogging and stuff. We can nitpick that stuff. But I, I think really with Kyle Pitts, like most of my complaints aren't a Kyle Pitts issue. It's it's that surround Kyle Pitts. It's more of a Matt Ryan issue because it's more Matt Ryan wanting Kyle Pitts to be Julio Jones and basically locking on him as a receiver and and just like you know as good as Kyle Pitts is, he's not Julio Jones. Like that's that's at least you know in the future he may be on that level, but he's not there yet. And so that kind of holds back the offense because Matt Ryan is going through the same sort of first-year jitters with a new play caller that he's gone through the last couple of times the Falcons have changed coaches. And he's and before, he always had Julio Jones to be that go-to guy in those situations where Arthur Smith or whoever would call it a play, and Matt Ryan's like, I don't, I don't know what this play is asking me to do, so I'm just going to throw the ball to Julio Jones. Um, and we saw that a lot in 2015, and that led to a lot of interceptions that year because Matt Ryan was basically throwing to Julio in triple coverage every time he got the chance, and he was like, screw it, I don't care. Um, and it didn't hurt him that much in, in 2017 and 2019, and, and now it's it's kind of hurt him this year because, like, Kyle Pitts isn't that dude. So I think when we talk about Kyle Pitts and, like, why isn't he putting up numbers, I got I did a breakdown of this on, on Lockdown Falcons on – tonight and so if you're listening to the show on friday you'll hear me talk about it but the falcons are kind of utilizing kyle pitts more like aj brown in a real tight end because they don't throw a lot of the sort of short stuff that you traditionally get from guys like waller and, and kelsey and even if you go back to what hayden hurst was last year and austin hooper was in previous years where a lot of what those guys do is like get those little like six to eight yard hitch routes and whatnot and you see some of that with Kyle Pitts but you don't see a lot of that so like when you have these games where he has like four catches for like 50 yards or whatever it is and it feels like well that's a good game by NFL standards but it feels like Kyle Pitts is capable of doing more than that a lot of that feels like some of it's owed to the fact that they're not doing a whole lot of that sort of short dink and dunk stuff just to kind of get him numbers and use him to move the chains and there most of that stuff is going to Russell Gage more often than not than it is to Kyle Pitts. And then I think the other issue is like the Falcons have been kind of terrible at how they utilize him in the red zone. And I think any questions about Kyle Pitts's play, if he had like eight touchdowns right now, I don't think anybody would be talking bad about his play, but the fact that he has only one touchdown and the reason why he only has one touchdown is basically because Arthur Smith 
doesn't design anything for him in, in, in the red zone. It's just always just like lob plays or whatever. And it's just like run and Matt Ryan will throw you the ball. And that's like a, the worst thing <laughs> Matt Ryan's terrible at, at like fades and whatnot. He's always been terrible. It's at fades. Julio, So it's like, why would that work now? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like most of the issues with Kyle Pitts are issues that can get resolved if other people do their jobs. And I think it's mostly Arthur Smith. I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, it's Arthur Smith's fault, but it is one of those things where like, I feel like most of the issue rests with Arthur Smith. And if he starts doing different things with Kyle Pitts, um, you'll see a lot of these issues go away. So I guess with that being said, I'm not going to say that he's on a short leash, but I feel like the fans do influence kind of the, unfortunately, like the front office with, you know, their expectations. Of course, like with Kyle Pitts, they formed this narrative that he should have been this, you know, 10 touchdown, 1,000-yard guy, which he's going to get 1,000 yards, but he's like in the touchdown department. Um, if Arthur Smith doesn't kind of correct these issues kind of sooner than later, like I think part of the issue, again, is like a little bit with Matt Ryan, but that's tied to the line play, right? We already know the line play hasn't been optimal this year. Uh, hopefully we can get that fixed sooner or later. But again, Matt Ryan's not getting any older. So just kind of based on like looking at some of Kyle Pitts highlights in college, got no college is a different, different playing field from the NFL. But it looked like even though Trash Trash isn't a great quarterback at the pro level, but at the college level, he it did seem to push the ball down to Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts downfield a little bit more than Matt Ryan, which I understand we have limitations with the line. But if that were to get corrected, year two of Kyle Pitts. I think possibly this could look a little bit different than it does this year, hopefully, if we can correct those things. But with all the holes we have in the team, that's kind of asking for a lot. It's kind of like, hey, man, by the time we actually get this rolling where it's where it needs to be, Matt Ryan may or may not be here. And then we're kind of, you know, unless we hit on a, you know, good prospect quarterback, we're going to be kind of spinning our wheels for a little while. So. That's just kind of my my fear again with the fans' expectations, saying like, "Oh, this team is overperformed with Arthur Smith with this uh, bottom three talent in the NFL, and he needs his guys." That, all these narratives that shift every week, every game. Coach of the year, Arthur Smith. Yeah, it's, it's just it makes my head hurt. I'm just I'm just trying to look at what is reality for this team. What is the truth for this team in the future? And it's kind of like it's it, it could be tough sledding that's yeah. just the expectations i have going forward unless we really hit in free agency and really hit in the draft and really improve coaching which is asking for a lot for any team but particularly this team we need those things to happen to kind of make things look right so i feel obviously, you on that obviously the the arts of Smith and terry fine the regime came into like a pretty poor situation so it's, it's, it's all it wasn't always going to be easy or it's gonna it wasn't gonna look nice in year one but i expected better for martha smith like their gm can only do so much like it is, yeah. he he's on my shit list anyway for for not uh doing what he should have done but i can't blame him <laughs> i can't bl- i can't blame him too much for that because uh he probably has people above his head that probably told him not to do it but Still, yeah, that's but, that's uh, my future prediction for the for the fan base is to start claiming uh, Arthur Blake here soon. It's shifts. oh, it's already started. It's it's already, already, I've seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of it. It's already started. Of, it's not as heavy as it as is for the other guys, but it shifted from oh, TV and I remember, to, I remember, I, like, oh, uh, I think it was last season 
after the Cowboys game or Marty, Marty was on the show and he was like, Arthur Blank is a terrible owner. And I was like, Arthur Blank does literally nothing, has anything to do with the Falcons. He appoints people because he doesn't know what he's doing. So he's done doing the right thing. He appoints people to tell him what is going on. And then yeah. they do dumb shit. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, part, part he, took, of, he, he took a break from the team after he got cancer because it was like, yeah, it was, it was, I guess a lot it was, of work too much stress or whatever so like he he basically just shows up on sunday in his you know ten thousand dollar suits or whatever the case may be and that's all he does mob like, trench coat the gray yeah. suit with the red tie his mob boss trench coat he knows what's up i mean like i, I hear you breeze man because it's it's gonna be tough because i, I think what jalen said the situation here was not an ideal situation and like that's part of the reason why I give Arthur Smith so much crap because it's like, like him just being kind of good is not going to be good enough to get the Falcons out of this situation. He's got to be great. Yes. And so, like next year, you have to see. And I know Lethal hates saying this, but like he's got to have a Kyle Shanahan like transformation, <laughs> and this offense has to be like top ten. And you got to get Kyle Pitts to be everything in the red zone threat. You got to get Calvin Ridley back and, and looking like the top five, top 10 wide receiver. And I know that's a controversial take on, on this show because you guys are uh, very prominent uh, Ridley truthers. Uh, but, um, you know, like the player that he was at the end of 2020 when he was cooking teams, you need to get him back to do that. You need to get Matt Ryan looking like, you know, what everybody was hyping him up to be like, oh, he's going to be even better than Ryan Tannehill. You need all of that to happen. And that only happens if Arthur Smith's play calling is better, if the offensive line is actually good. And then again, like, how do you take a bottom 10, bottom five offensive line to a top 10 offensive line in one offseason? How do you do that? You know, it would do. Are you going to do it in the draft? Like, are you going to draft Tristan Wirfs or whatever? And that guy's going to just come in and just magically solve your offensive line? Maybe. Are you going to use free agent money? You know, like, it's not like the Falcons have a, a ton of money to spend. They got more money to spend this offseason than they'll have last offseason, but it's not as if they can go, like, you know, paying everybody or whatever. So it's going to be a tough situation. And so, like, it's possible that they could pull it off, but sitting here today, it's hard to see it going right. And then if that's the case and they have that big regression that I'm expecting, and I know a lot of other people are expecting next year when they have a much harder schedule and they, you know, go wind up being five and 12 or whatever. And they're picking like eighth overall in the 2023 draft. And everybody's going to be sitting here being like, Hey, maybe they should take a quarterback. And then it's going to be like, yeah, you kind of have to take a quarterback. I mean, like you, you, you did the thing that the Chargers did, where they pass on the quarterback, so they could roll with Philip Rivers. You pass on Mahomes, you pass on Watson, right? To take a pass catcher, and I, I think Kyle is better than Mike Williams. But like, then three years later, when they lost, they were picking in the top ten, and they had to take Justin Herbert and move on from Philip Rivers. And I think that's going to be the situation that the Falcons, if they don't get it right next year, and all these things don't happen for them, they're going to be in that same situation and then we're just basically putting all our hopes on hoping that we we find justin herbert 
and he's good and we don't find Daniel Jones and, or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, like it's that's, that's like, what I've you been know, saying since last offseason, they're making a really big gamble on hoping that they hit right and that they can like coach people up. And that is a very, very hard gamble to do, especially I mean, yeah. with the quarterback position. That's what I was saying. Like when they pass on the quarterback, it was Arthur Smith betting on himself. And he's fit. And, and he is so down. Far, he's the, down hundred. Not look great. Like maybe it turns around next year, but like it's it's hard to beat. Like I, I know I have this reputation for being negative and pessimistic all the time, but like I think when you you when you see the situation as it unfolds, like it's not a situation that you can feel great about. Feeling like oh, it's all gonna go right. Maybe it does, but like right now, based off what we've seen, you know, it it doesn't look good for the Falcons. But you know. Hope springs eternals, as they say. Yeah, so, hope. So, real, real quick, you made a comment. So, you said that you think that Kyle Pitts is better than Mike Evans. No, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Okay, I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mike Williams. <laughs> that was a, that was another talk that we had. I was trying to figure out with Jalen, like, hey, kind of what's the, the the ceiling and floor for Kyle Pitts if he reaches his potential? And he gave me a couple of names, and I had I had to start doing some YouTube. I'm like, hey, let me look around. I'm like, I I hope so, but I don't know. Some of these cats were a little a little different when they uh, came out. Yeah, do you, do you ever like quick the options? I was like, his ceiling is like Megatron, and then I was like, he, he's not gonna be Megatron. That, he's like, not, that's why I was like head. ceiling. That's why I was like he's ceiling. Like him. that's if everything everything <laughs> perfectly goes right. Then I was like, he's probably gonna end up more like Mike Evans than like Megatron. But that was like, I, I don't know. Because he has he has a weird like projection pattern. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Evans is more realistic. Oh, mm. I hope I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. That, that's if he's a wide receiver. I think if he's a tight end, he'll be Darren Waller. Mm. Okay. Cool. And that's not like that's bad, not, obviously. Because Darren Waller is really good, but like he, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> he is because the that's disappointing. They're getting these guys out the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, and they're making these guys stars. And again, I, I mean, we're at where we're at, but it's just like when you say like, "Oh, Darren Waller," it's like well, we could have got, we could have found a Darren Waller. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know those guys don't fall off trees, but they're they're there. That's why you have scouting department. You know what I'm saying? Well, in defense of of Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, it took him five years to be Darren Waller. Yeah, like, I think Kyle Pitts can get there in like one or two years, and then he'll be 22 playing like Darren Waller was at, I guess, 27 or whatever Darren Waller was. And so you're going to get like 10 years of that from Kyle Pitts as opposed to like five years from that from the Raiders. So it's like even though getting Darren Waller may not sound as sexy as you want it to be because you – you I mean, you want Kyle Pitts to be, you know, Kyle Pitts. You want that to yeah. be the new standard or whatever. But like if he's – 10 years of Darren Waller is 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 – it's not a terrible place to be, is what else? That's, that's very good. It's just, God, fourth overall pick. Ah. I mean, shoot, give me. <laughs> I mean, you could you say that with Darren Waller, they'd be like, "Hey, what about Travis Kelsey?" You know, I, I'm I know I'm 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 being very anti piss right now. But it's like we picked the 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 latest drafted guy. We keep going up. Like, yeah, you got this other guy. You got Greg Kittle. There's other other guys out here uh, making making plays. But again, I back Austin to- Hooper. And I've said this before. I was wrong. I was wrong about Austin Hooper thing. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know, Hayden Hurst can be just as. I was one of those guys. Flame me up. It is what it is. But looking back, it's like, yep, 
That guy was Cooper a player. so much better. Yeah. Cooper is so much better. He wasn't the most explosive guy. He wasn't the fastest guy. But, I mean, they had that rapport, and that, that meant something. Like, you're moving the chains consistently. Yeah, it, it means something. So, that's why it's just, uh, you know, like you said, that gamble. It's just, uh, it ain't. Making my head hurt a little bit, especially seeing all these mocks saying like, "Oh yeah, the Falcons are going to take a quarterback." It's like, no. If they take a quarterback this draft, I will firmly be out on on this. They're taking a quarterback. They're not going to take one in round one. They're taking it in like if they take unless they use like the Patriots pick because it's going to be like end of the second round because the Patriots are good. Like, then I will be out on this regime because they completely will be because only quarterbacks I have seen so far. I've watched like six of them. In this draft, who I would even be willing to take is Malik Willis, and he's raw as all hell. And like I, I guess Desmond Ritter, and I don't, I'm not even high on him. I don't really like him, but that's it. Everybody else, I'm just like, they'll be good backups or they'll be like low end starters. But like, yeah, that's who Desmond Ritter is, quarterback from Cincinnati. I'm like, they'll they'll be okay, but like, I'm not looking for okay. When I'm taking a quarterback, like I'm not looking to, I'm not looking for a bridge guy. If I want that, I'll just go in free agency. They're gonna use the pick that they got in the Julio trade on a quarterback, and that guy's just gonna ride the bench for four years. Oh no, no, we 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 four years. Because he's gonna suck. Because he's (laughs) bad. We'll we'll sit here and we'll draft him this year, and in the preseason they'll he'll do some things. We're like, yeah, I think he he's actually gonna be pretty good. You know, we'll we'll convince ourselves as we always do that, like, oh, he's got something to him, and then the next year the Falcons will pick another top ten, they'll take another quarterback, and that that will be the guy, and then the guy who we just drafted will just basically just be his backup, basically. Because I I am firmly along the line of the regression because they've won every single one of their games they've won has been by one score, except for the Jaguars game where it's technically by two because they won twenty nine to twenty, but. But like every other game has literally been one score games, and generally when that happens in the NFL, you will get the opposite of that because it happened with the Falcons last year. They were like two and like nine <laughs> in one score games last year, and they could have won all those games, and then it just re- the luck reversed. I expect they reverse again, and they might win like four games because the schedule is gonna be harder because they decided to win seven or eight games this year. I'm it's, just it's, really hoping that the pick that they get from Julio trade, they could just completely waste that pick. So I can just I do too. Hear I do about <laughs> all the people that were saying Julio is trash and it was a great trade for the Falcons yeah. and all these various things. Yeah, it's that's one of those selfish things. things. Okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, I get it now. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's not like not like it has nothing to do with the Falcons. It has everything to do with the fan base <laughs> that was trying to shit on Julio. Yes, <laughs> that's that's, the, that's okay. the latest narrative that I've seen. It's like, oh yeah, we fleeced the Titans and we got these picks for Julio. I'm like, yo, like the offense is trash because we don't have Julio. Exactly. That's, exactly. So second I'm round, glad the second round, second pick, round was... pick and they took all his salary that we can't even use because we have like 10 people on the <laughs> roster next year. So like, we're still paying him the same amount that we would be paying him next year if we waited to get rid of him. We didn't dump his contract. It's they terrible. They didn't do anything. And they did. Like, we okay, got we a second, got a second round, pick. round pick. So now the trade off is so we could be a bottom five offense and we got a second round pick. So better hope that second round pick turns out to be a good player. That's that's what I'm saying. They just had the be, assumption that we made the right, right decision yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, people will talk themselves into anything if you give them enough time. Like, they will. <laughs> Look, hold on. Speaking, Speaking of wide receivers, real quick, 
Um, is there any way for us to get rid of Ridley's contract if he never comes back to football? You can trade his contract. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, I mean, there's got to be some kind of like retirement. If he retires, I mean, is that what you're asking? Like, if he just yeah, decides like if he, he just retires completely, like, yeah, how would that impact you can, get, you, you can yeah. get that money back. Okay, okay, cool. Because a lot of people were like tripping on a TL about it, and I was like, y'all know what y'all talking about, and I don't either, but I know I, y'all are wrong. I, I, whatever I, y'all are saying, people be pointing me to stuff like, oh, this person says it really done playing in Atlanta, and I'm like. I, li- I watched the video and I'm like, that person didn't say that. So like, where are you getting that from? So I, I don't, I don't know where it's all coming from. So you guys tell me, cause there's, there's parts of Falcons Twitter that I don't venture into. They're just dark, horrible places. And I just stay away that's from that. Breezes. That's breezes. Area. Nah. Him and Josh's area. I, nah, that's him man. and Josh's area. Look, I mute all, I block all those people. I block Falcons fans like every other day. It's disgusting. Her- I'm the one that gets blocked. So I don't know. Maybe maybe having tweet conversation. I just be saying you cannot view these tweets. I'm like, ah, shit. So uh, again, real quick, I don't know much time yet, but uh, to Deion Jones, um, the narrative with him again, he's not had a, a great season. And watching the game this past weekend, um, he did make some plays. He mm-hmm. looked like Lester at times, but a lot of people were on the whole run Deion Jones out of town uh, narrative. Um, and I know you said this on your podcast, Aaron, talking about like, hey, I don't know what the fans expect replacing these players with other, you know, newer, lower tier players is going to change anything. Like, yeah, I get the gripes from Deion Jones, but I mean, he was out there making plays. Like, I feel like getting rid of talented players and bringing kind of unknown talented players isn't kind of the greatest thing to do. Like he has he has tools, you know, what I'm saying he might be injured with what's going on with him where he's being a little ginger with tackling people but i feel like he's demonstrated a skill set that can be used even if on a rotational basis or you know what i'm saying but like i don't see the reason of trying to run off good players kind of with like russell gage kind of an example i mean he's had his issues he's fumbled he, you know he gets hit all crazy like but he's shown that he can make plays not saying break the bank for these guys but the, the idea is to keep what talent, what little talent we have on the roster, not to say like, oh, let's get Arthur Smith guys in here and everything will be okay. Like build around what we have, we can afford it and then move forward. So um, kind of your thoughts on Deion Jones really quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I talk a little bit about him on Lockdown Falcons today. And um, basically someone asked me about, can we trade Deion Jones? And I was like, yeah, you can trade Deion Jones. You're not going to get a good pick for it back or maybe you can get the jets to give you like a fourth round pick or something like that but the the, the reason you're getting rid of Deion jones at this point is, is kind of a salary dump you just you gotta you gotta cut salary in some places he's making like 20 million dollars next year and he's just not worth 20 million dollars um and like i hear you because like michael walker like people are like oh we should play michael walker and like michael Walker's fine but he's not better than Deion jones and like you you can't be like Oh, this team lacks talent, but we should be starting Michael Walker. Like, like that's not gonna, that's not moving. That's not gonna move the needle. Like, he's fine. Like, he's he's perfectly capable of being a competent NFL starter. But like, you know, that's he's like the equivalent of Matt Hennessy. Like, he's perfectly oh. okay. You know, like he's not gonna do much to help you. He's just keeping a spot warm. Like, you know, like that's kind of what he is. Um. So, like, I think with Deion Jones, you just 
at this point, like the contract that he has is not worth paying him. So that's really, at least for me, why you're getting rid of him and, you know, the inconsistency that like, I think because you're going into the off season, you got to make a choice, either pay Deion Jones $20 million or, and, and let Foye Oluwakun go or bring back Foye Oluwakun, but you need the money. And so you kind of have to dump Deion Jones and get whatever you can get. And truth be told, you're probably not going to be able to get a better player, you know, unless you use, I don't know, like a first round pick on the linebacker or something like that. But like, that's kind of an L that you just might have to take. If you basically are going to sit here and say like, well, we'll just get better in the secondary. We'll get better up front and we'll be able to live with that for a year until we can figure that out down the road. So you just kind of punt it. So that's my thoughts on, on kind of Deion Jones. I think they don't have, they don't have, but the whole, like even with Grady Garrett, like as much as we all, on here, low grade year, and it might be around the time where they're gonna have to make a tough decision with them, because like oh, oh. I keep, <laughs> I keep, I keep like bringing it up. Like they don't have like I've seen like Ned and a whole bunch of people saying like they can make money, but like only way they can make money is if they move some of their only good players, because like as it stands right now, they they only have like thirty people on under contract next season, like. That's not obviously not include like draft picks or like anybody like on rookie UDFA deals or whatever. But if you're gathering your roster with six round picks and UDFAs and stuff because you have like no money, then like what is the point of even like keeping those guys on the roster? At least try to get something for them. Like yeah. I, they're they're in a really bad spot because like even if they like I would love to keep Grady for his entire tenure, but if I was him, I've said before, if I was Grady. And I know this team has been doing shit. I'm like, I'm not siding with y'all. Unless you're giving me like Aaron Donald money, I I'm not uh I'm not siding with y'all because like you're just gonna be wasting my time. I'm not gonna get any stats, I'm not gonna get any extra incentives for my contract, I'm not gonna win anything. I'm just here to play football. And like that's cool. We're making a lot of money, but like we don't know what Grady wants to do. I'm pretty sure he wants to win, so they're in a yeah. very bad spot, especially with the whole Matt Ryan thing still looming, and it will be looming for the next two or three seasons. I mean, for me, like what they do with Grady's contract to me is kind of going to tell you where this team's head is at in terms of um, where they are in their process. Because if if they're like we are not rebuilding, we can we can get this team into playoff contention it within two years then you pay Grady Jarrett and you're going to give him Aaron Donald money because the market for him is going to be like $21, $22 million a year because that's what Lennon Williams got last year and Grady's better than Lennon Williams. And so you're going to bet on paying him all that money, bet that this year is a down year because they don't have enough talent around him. I mean, we want to talk about the talent conversation. We need to be talking about Grady Jarrett not having enough talent around him more so than Matt Ryan. But... um, so you do that and you basically say we're going to get like three or four more peak years of Grady Jarrett and all in all that time we're going to be able to add players around him and we're going to get this defense good and he's going to be a key part of a good defense in like two or three years right that's one way to go about it and you know I don't think anybody's going to complain about that because I think we all want Grady to be here but at the same time like if you're like well 
it's still going to take a, a couple years to get this defense right. We need money to spend on other spots on the team, and this defense is still going to be bad. We're just going to be paying up Grady Jarrett a lot of money and wasting that money because the defense is going to be trash around him. Then you kind of have to sit here and 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 trade him if you're like really in a rebuild. Like that's kind of what you got to do. You can't really go out there and and pay these guys money like we did under Dimitrov because they thought they were a Super Bowl team. They thought, you know, let's keep the band together in 2017 and 2018 and pay Jake and pay Grady and pay Ryan and pay Trufant and Freeman and Julio because we're going to win a Super Bowl with this team. And if you're if you're not in that mode that we're a couple years away from winning a Super Bowl, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to be paying all these guys big money. So if that's the case, then you kind of have to like, look, we're just going to have to gut the roster a little bit and, and get our cap situation right so that in a year or two we'll have money to spend and we can go all in, I guess, maybe in 2022, 2023 or 2024 or whatever, when we have money to spend to get this team in a playoff spot where probably at that point in time, Arthur Smith will be on the hot seat or, or whatever, because uh, I don't really know what they're going to do. So it, it, I think it's going to tell us a lot about where their head is at, if they're in rebuild mode or they're in reload mode. If, if they decide to trade everybody because they start a rebuild this year instead of the year before, I am going to have <laughs> my hair on fire and I will I will be a menace because that would be the stupidest thing ever. Because one, unless you're like, it's a quick turnaround kind of rebuild thing where like you get super fucking lucky, which the Falcons never do. So I don't know why they would be trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Your your coach and your GM are both out of a job because they failed to do what they were told they were told to do, and then you're going into another regime, and they're probably going to want to do the same thing because you didn't want to do what you were supposed to do the first year. And, and this is the endless loop with the number one. This, pick this, hap- this happens this every single time, time. <laughs> because like because like for real, that that's it, that that pick right there was that told you either it was either going to be the best pick or it was going to cost everybody their jobs. That was their pick. That was their pick that they banked their entire like regime on. They bet on themselves. That's what and they they're did. losing. Yeah. And drastically. That, that's, that's what, you know, it's, the, like, we're going to be I talking just, about that pick forever. Like, people yeah. think, oh, like, oh, well, it'll go away. It's like, no, no this it's is why. A- Everybody was obsessed with what the Falcons do in the draft. It, it's not because like, oh, they picked out a lot. No one cares anymore. Like, it's going to be talked about forever. The only way that it goes away is if the Falcons win. That's it. That's the only thing. Like, no one complains when a team wins, except for Jalen. Right? So, And that's only this year. Every other year, <laughs> I've been like, I hope they win. It's just this year. I'm just like, because last year, I'd be pissed if they lost. I'd be like, fuck. But now I'm just like, no, because like because of what they did in the offseason, like it makes no sense for them to try to win this year beside trying to get some kind of goodwill. And all that goodwill could be gone <clears throat> if you win two games next year. It's not gonna matter. It's a tough, it's a tough spot to be. But uh it's great if you have to produce daily content. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're just laughing it up. Interesting, interesting things to talk about. It's it, it just like, especially if the, like I I know we're gonna be, we all know they're gonna take a quarterback this year. It, it is what it is. Like I've resigned myself. That's why I started doing looking at quarterbacks, and I was just like, these these guys suck. <laughs> but like, 
It it is what it is. If it, it will it will be it will always be a, if Justin Fields even somewhat resembles a high end starter, top ten ish quarterback, then it will be the wrong pick every year, every time. Mac Jones already looks like he would have been a better pick, and I don't. I'm not even that high on Mac Jones. Hmm. It's it's bad. Yeah. I, and that's the thing that the, I guess bothers me. Is I don't want to go in circles with this, but. It's kind of like, yeah, typically when you get a new regime, like, hey, you want to draft your guy. And again, maybe they had reservations about Justin Fields, but I feel like Justin Fields could do the things that we, we would want, I guess, skill-wise, talent-wise, potential-wise. And then, again, just turn around and then draft a lesser quarterback, unless you think that Kyle Pitts can elevate somebody else that we draft due to his greatness or whatever. Like, hey, just throw the pits and you'll be all right. So we get to where we got to go. But maybe he thinks because he had Ryan Tannehill, he's like, hey, well, we made it work with him along with, you know, Derek Henry back there carrying the load for our team. Then I can make it work with whoever. And, and that also that narrative like, hey, you know, Arthur Smith needs to get his his Derek Henry, which I, I get. But like anybody would do great with Derek Henry. <laughs> that makes sense. So I, I don't see why you would have to look for a coach that needs like, hey, I need this specific play. I need my Derek Henry to be successful. Like you're kind of pigeonholing yourself already. Derek Henry is literally <laughs> just like. It's like the Julio Jones and like a like Hall of Fame level talent where like it's really hard to ruin them. Like yeah. <laughs> you just throw them on the field and tell them to go play football and they'll do something with it. Like I don't know why people keep bringing that up. To be fair, Mike Malarkey screwed that up. He okay. had Derrick Henry and <laughs> Derrick yeah. Henry was not good in Mike Malarkey, but and that, that's Malarkey's also why special. he hasn't had a job ever. <laughs> coaching, coaching, uh, coaching matters. Coaching and play calling makes a, a huge, huge difference. It's the theme that you know we're, we're kind of circling. I don't know if you were in here, but we were like coaching on offense matters a whole lot more. Like I've been saying this for, I think I said it in the DM, the coaching on offense matters a lot more on offense and defense. Like. I mean, defense defense is, is like, there's four plays to call. It's they're literally one, like people. Two, <laughs> that's it. That's it. People know? are literally like people are always like, oh, why are this team playing prevent or why is this team doing this? And I'm just like, there's like five total plays you can call, but maybe like two nuances between two people. Yeah, it's like it's, you, you okay? Go. It's like cover one rat, you know, cover three Robert. Like that's it. Like it, you, you slight variations on the same five play calls. That's it. It's literally not like X cross Y Z. Like if there is there is one thing like, you could do. There was there was an article that SI wrote last year when DQ was here, and they basically broke down the Falcons' defensive play calls, and they basically listed in that article all the play calls that the Falcons had, and like they had like seven play calls on defense, and that was it. And like, if you read that article, you'd be like, oh, the Falcons only have seven play calls. That's weird or whatever. It's like, no, that's how everybody is. It's just the Falcons, you know, Dean Pease is more like, I have like the same play call. Maybe he has nine. I don't know. But like he switches them up because he disguises his coverage. So he looks like it's in this play call, but I'm switching it to that one. Like, you know, scheme is so overrated on defense. Yeah. It's always has been and always will be. Like at one point, it's just go make a play on defense. Like be an athlete. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of dumb. A lot of people don't know what they're talking about a lot of the time, and that's that's fair. You know say that's crazy. But but and that's fair. But like, please, to just like at least if you're gonna know what you're talking about, don't get mad when people try to tell you what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, another another day in the life as a, uh, a Falcons fan. It's a uh, very dark and dreary, but you know, one day we will wonderful be, be great. I guess we'll see. But yeah, it's gonna be yeah. great. It'll you know, be seven it was, years. It it was funny the other night when the Bears were playing. Uh, what was that Monday or Tuesday or whatever that was? And everybody was like, "Oh man, Matt Nagy's trash, and the Bears are trash." And I'm like, like if you if you're putting Arthur Smith on the coaching spectrum, and one one end is Andy Reid, and one end is Matt Nagy. Where do you think Arthur Smith fits? He is 100% maybe like maybe a half a step over Matt Nagy. You know, so like, <laughs> not kidding. When, when people are like, when when Falcon fans are like trashing Matt Nagy, I'm like, yeah, did, but did we just kind of hire the next Matt Nagy? I, like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm just sitting here saying like, based off what we've seen so far, like it feels like we kind of did. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets in the lab and, and starts cooking this offseason and he comes out and you know, I'm getting dunked on every day, and people are like, "Oh, you remember when people were saying Arthur Smith was trash? Look at this top five offense or whatever." They get, you know, I, I hope so because I, I went that way. I, please, like, please happen. Yeah, you please know, so happen. Like, I look <laughs> forward to that day. I, I really do. I really do. People just assume that I'm like I'm over talking shit about like the Falcons and stuff because I want them to be bad. Like, no, I want them to be good. I don't want them to be a flash of the pan good. I want them to be, like, legitimately good. I don't want them to, to suck for most of my life, man. Like, I'm already – I'm about to be 23, and the closest they've done is choke a Super Bowl. Like, I need something. Wow. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, again, I, I have – I'm being optimistic, man. I hope Arthur Smith gets it together. I hope he learns from his mistakes. And kind of what you guys were saying as far as, like, some of the decisions that he makes in the offseason or him and Bob not make will, will kind of tell us a lot. And if they're looking kind of shaky, I'm like, hey, man, I don't, I don't know, dog. I don't know. Kind of like the whole thing with the whole running uh, tosses and short yardage. Like, if you kind of keep doing, like, running your head into the wall with these decisions, it's like, eh, I don't know, dog. I don't know. It is what it is. But got to do better than that. Got to, got to be better than that. Whether it works or not, just the, that decision as a whole is just kind of like, all right, bro. It is what it is, man. You'd be like, I don't know what's going on with this guy, man. He will be – he has a very good opportunity in the Saints game to prove that he's worth some shit. Because as as the, the Falcon model goes, they could suck all year, but, like, those random games at the end of the year where they kind of need to lose for seeding or something, they will play their best ball. So, like – yeah, even in the Super Bowl season, they kind of they were kind of bad like on defense all year, and then magically decided to turn it up the last four weeks of the season. So like, we'll see. Like, I hope I, I always hope like the coach that I don't like switching coaches, I don't like switching regimes, I don't like doing all that stuff because it's just more it's more harmful than it is helpful half the time. So I'm like I I hope for everybody's sake, the Arthur Smith is what everybody says he is, and he ends up being a coach of the year candidate. But just know if he's not. I'll be here. <laughs> I'm the same way, Jalen. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, you guys want to talk about the thing in 2022 <laughs> that we were talking about in 2021? Oh, you want you want to talk oh, about now, now you want to say it, huh? Now oh. you want to talk about it. Mm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's crazy how that cool, works. Cool. <laughs> and it always works that way. People, it's always like I say something like this. This is why I always like I don't even bring it up receipts anymore because I'm right so often compared to like Falcons Twitter. It's like I don't even be like bringing up receipts because I'm just like I've been saying this for like three seasons now, and nobody will listen to me. And every time I, I either get blocked, I, I think I'm more blocked than like anybody in here because of the shit that I've been saying. And I've been right about every single one. 
I find a random person that has blocked me every day. I'm like, That's oh, fair. I didn't even, didn't even know you existed. Okay, cool. I guess. I, I have two accounts, and is <laughs> I have like maybe like six. Like I've been I've been blocked like two hundred times on like both my accounts. So it's it's very weird. People just don't want to hear the truth. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I say the same thing. I say the same thing, and I know it comes off as arrogant, but I'm just like, oh, like I say a thing, and people are like, oh, whatever, Aaron. and then you just wait, <laughs> wait, and then everybody else is going to start saying the same thing. I'm like, oh, now you guys want to talk about this? Okay, cool, cool. I whatever. told y'all, I love saying that. Like, I, like I told Gifted, uh, Shanahan was a good coach, and all this. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's still to be determined. Nah. <laughs> okay, I, I've been meaning to ask you, you this question. I guess I got. I'm not going to ask Josh the question because I already know what his answer is going to be. If Kyle Shanahan was the coach, like if he, no, after the Super Bowl, let's say he was, he ended up being the head coach instead of Dan Quinn. How would you have felt? The same. So it wouldn't have mattered what just the same, the same. No, because I said. <laughs> I said, okay, I have to find that tweet. When we got Kyle Shanahan, right, when they said that he was going to be our OC, I tweeted, because I was living in the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area at the time. I said, if we go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be his fault why we lose it. I said it. I tweeted it. I swear to God, I have to find it. So it's team fuck him forever. Oh wow! And then, then all that shit with Roddy when he was like, "Is me or Roddy?" Like, come on! How many other? If he's a head coach, he's gonna be worse. He did that as the OC. He tried to whip his little Vienna sausage out and be like, "Me or Roddy?" Like, what the fuck? And so imagine him being the OC, and it's then he's gonna be a fucking terrorist. You know, just being a fucking terrorist as a head coach, then an OC. Like, come on, fuck him. He can go to hell. <laughs> it's on site, bitch. Come to Atlanta and oh. beat your motherfucking ass. All right. Me lose the goddamn Super Bowl. I wanted so, my ring, bitch. So this uh, Christian Value podcast has gone down the, the toilet. Very, nah, because it's fuck him. So, Y'all um, didn't make me mad tonight, huh? Nah, bro. <laughs> Fuck you. I hope you see this. You can pull up on me. I send you my goddamn address. I'm beating your ass, bitch. Okay. <laughs> you so lucky, that... you lucky the Braves won something. Because I was tired of being a loser. Hashtag chop on, man. Yeah, you don't have to be a loser, man. You could yeah, I mean, I'm a Spurs fan, so I got five rings, and then I'm a Tar Heels fan basketball. But as far as Georgia goes, I wanted a ring. And you Took that away from me, you son of a bitch. All you had to do is run the ball one more goddamn time and let Matt Bryant do what he had to do. So I hate you. I fucking hate you. So, uh, yes, Aaron, we appreciate you coming through again, as always. Sorry for the, the lateness, but, you know, <laughs> life happens. The Amarion's popping. Uh, let the people know if they if they haven't subscribed to your illustrious podcast, where they can find you at. Check me out, Locked on Falcons, whatever podcast platform, now on YouTube. If you haven't checked it out, um, five days a week, Monday through Friday, talking about the Falcons and their talent level every single day. 
and of course on Twitter, if you like the snarky tweets about the Falcons, you know, Falc fans is the place to find me there. And uh, I think there's a going to be a column up tomorrow at the Falcoholic on this Bills game and how the offensive line needs to step up this week. And uh, looking forward to seeing them get their butts kicked. The score prediction. Could we even talk about the Bills game? Score because we all know how that's gonna go. I'm gonna keep that right real right now. They have like a they have like a three percent chance of winning. So it's like, gonna snow, so the Bills probably won't get a 30 burger on them. So it'll be like 27 17. That's what I'm hoping for. You're saying they're gonna put up 17 points. That's my hope. That's what he said. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the dream alive that they're gonna be actually competitive for like a half in this game. I'm saying it's gonna be like I don't know. I'm gonna say it's gonna be 31 to 10. <sighs> we gonna lose, man. It don't matter. I don't. I don't care. That's, that's not a big deal look, to me. What look, the we're going. Is. We're going for the point differential aspect because okay. they have such a bad point differential and they're like almost 500. It's yeah, yeah, hilarious. yeah. I saw that. But but 53 God, to seven. Oh my God. God. <laughs> God, God bless the the miracle worker Arthur Smith for getting us there with this terrible team. So you know he's a miracle worker. So next year he should also work miracles and getting us to the playoffs per Falcons Twitter. But um, uh, let's see, we barely don't score a lot of touchdowns. He's really thinking about it too. I'll say, are we counting on the Bills to make mistakes? Because that's kind of the only way I see this. They're prone. It's Josh Allen. Yeah, but. When you can run all over the Falcons, why risk? He's really thinking. Just put 30, out a 30, uh, 30 to 13, man. Something like that. Something, something, something like that. Something like that. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. But shout out to Aaron going on YouTube, man. Like, it's tempting to watch it the night before, but I, I listen to it on my commute to work. So I'm like, ah, I just got to save it for the next day. So I don't I don't watch it on YouTube. But I do listen to it faithfully. On my commute, so that's that's my my first listen. So appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate you guys uh joining up with us. Uh again, it'll be another week. Again, maybe the Falcons surprise us, probably won't, but you know, <laughs> kind of just want to auto sim to next season and see what this uh this is looking like. So again, appreciate everybody checking us out, subscribing to YouTube, listening to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. This is their Nation Report, the unofficial fish podcast box Twitter. We are out. Peace.